0: Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, in your pew Bibles, page 860 to 861, and as you're, you're turning, I was just looking and reminded again, 50 years ago today, the convocation of the session, uh, I was 15 years old in Macon, Georgia, and uh, before before that, um, and I'm looking at Lewis Benton because um, this reminds me of something, uh, my father was the pastor, the senior pastor of First Pres in Macon, Georgia, and uh, that church had decided they were going to get out of the old denomination um, because at one, a number of things happened but one presbytery meeting they ordained a minister that did not believe in the virgin birth the divinity of Jesus Christ or the Bible and my father said he walked out with the elders and said we're not coming back well anyway word got out and uh, they were going to come in and do to first pres Macon what they had done to uh, Wilson Benton's church in Cleveland they were going to remove my father from the pulpit and remove all the elders, and they were going to take over the church. Well, they got word, and so they called a congregational meeting to relieve the old denomination into, they knew that this denomination was coming. And uh, so they had a a called meeting, and uh, my, my father called to order the meeting, and they kind of waited what do you do and uh, a 12 year old girl finally stood up i don't know if there are any 12 year olds in this church at this session we're meeting right now but anyway a 12 year old girl stood up and said this well they don't believe in the bible they don't love jesus and we do so we need to go and she sat down and nobody said a word after that. And finally, my father said, called a question. And uh, they called, and uh, everybody except, I think, two people voted, said, we got to get out, and we got to go. And then later on, it uh, came May 21st, and uh, that started this denomination. I don't know why I said that, but um, 50 years ago, uh, it was an important time And it wasn't just our church, a number of people from the Cleveland church left and started a church there, but uh, it's hard to believe 50 years, but our denomination is important and it's gone through a number of issues, but we are glad, we are glad to be a part of the PCA. Uh, This, this passage is about Peter and, uh. I suggest to you that this is a major turning point in the life of the Apostle Peter. And I hope and maybe venture to say many of us here experience similar turning points in our spiritual lives. May we be encouraged as we read God's word. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gethsemane. And took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. This is God's holy, infallible, and errant word. Pray with me. Father, thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to us throughout the years through your holy, infallible, and errant word. And Lord, for the fast, fast, or last 50 years, you have spoken to this denomination. Lord, we thank you for godly men and women who stepped out in faith and formed this denomination, and we Thank you for men like Dr. Wilson Benton, who paid a price, but Lord, he led, and you have blessed. And we pray especially for him today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you, if you're taking notes, to, to write something down. I want you uh, to put into context uh, this passage. Uh, write down these... these um, these passages matthew four eighteen through twenty two mark one sixteen through twenty and john one thirty five through forty two that's matthew four eighteen through twenty two mark one sixteen through twenty and john one thirty five through forty two Th- those passages are when Jesus seems to first encounter and call Peter, Andrew, John, and James into a personal relationship with himself. And and they've come to believe that he is the Messiah. And then possibly, if you look at John 2, he takes these um, group of guys with him to the wedding in Cana of Galilee, And, and they see him turn the water into wine. And and they're beginning to understand that he's the Messiah. And also it seems that he takes them with him a little bit more. If you go back into the previous chapter, uh, they are with him as he is healing unclean people, throwing out demons. And, and Simon Peter even brings him into his house and, and Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law. But somewhere along the le- the way, these these Four men at least probably have gone back to fishing. They've gone back to their commercial fishing and uh, their fishing. And only Luke gives us this this passage. None of the other three gospel writers gives us this. And Jesus' basic ministries around the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is 15, 16 miles long, 8 miles deep, beautiful. Surrounding, my father went there a number of times. I don't know if anybody's been to the Holy Land, or the Sea of Galilee, but it's a deep blue. It's a beautiful, and uh, a lot of people made their living around that that sea. And and Jesus has been teaching and preaching and healing in the synagogues and surrounding areas. But slowly, as you read, he's being forced out. They're not letting him. They're come back and teach and preach, and there's being. Uh, Pushback to him, and so he goes outside. He starts preaching and teaching outside in the around this lake, and Jesus is being pressed on by the people. And as we look at this passage, uh, I believe we see two things. There, there's trust and fear in every Christian life. I was sharing with Rob, even. While we were waiting outside, a little fear that I had, I shared with him. But in our Christian life, there's trust and there's fear mixed together always. And we see it three ways here. Number one, we see Jesus meets us where we are with the good news and the kingdom of God. And there's faith. Number two, Jesus directs us where we should go in the kingdom of God with grace. And then finally, Jesus goes with us as we follow him in the kingdom of God. That's ministry. Well, first, Jesus meets us where we are with the good news in the kingdom of God, verses 1 through 4. Uh, Jesus has been preaching, if you look in Luke four forty three, it says he's preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And what was the good news of the kingdom of God? Well, it's this. He's saying to them, you guys, men, women, boys and girls, you're sinners and you're broken. And you're separated from God in your sin. And they go, okay, that's the good news. What's the rest of the story? Well, the rest of the story is this, that because you're separated from God and you're broken in your sin, there's not one thing that you're going to be able to do By following these rules that you're getting in the synagogue, you're not going to keep God's laws perfectly. And that's not going to get you to heaven. But he said, the good news is this. I have come. I have come as your Savior, the Messiah, to rule and reign in your lives, to establish a living, unbreakable relationship with this holy, eternal God here on earth. And finally, in heaven. And he's calling them to have faith and belief in him. And here's where fear comes in. The fear comes in because they've been around, if they've been listening enough to know, hey, there's pushback from the religious leaders. They're pushing back on this Jesus. In fact, some of them are saying, you can't come back. You cannot come back and teach and preach in our synagogues. And Jesus is calling us to follow And if I do that, I may get kicked out too. The trust part is I'm going to accept what he says because I've been around enough to know I've tried to keep all the rules and I can't do it. And so I believe him. That's the trust part. But it comes with fear. And the crowd is pressing in. Pressing in. Verse 1, it says they're pressing in on him to hear him. To hear the word of God Why? Because he is preaching hope. Listen to this from Romans 8, 1 through 3. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. They were hearing hope. They were hearing that they didn't have to be good enough. They needed a Messiah, a Savior, offered new life, and they believed in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus, as they press upon him, he, he turns to Simon and says, pass it out a little bit. And Simon, probably his brother Andrew and James and John are over mending their nets because they fished all night and they hadn't caught anything. And they're getting them ready for the next day. And so he says, hey, let's, let's go out a little bit. Because the people are coming down. And if you've ever been around water, you don't have to speak that loudly. And it, the voice travels over. So Peter gets in the boat. They back it up a little bit. And then he starts teaching and preaching the pe- to the people the good news what he's been doing the whole way I'm saying look you need me to come and be ruler in your heart and I have the answer to your problem notice how Jesus if, well notice Jesus asked Peter okay, and it's an ask it's not a demand he doesn't say hey you've been around me long enough get in that boat and let's go he didn't say that. The Greek is, it makes a simple request. And that's Jesus. He's kind and gentle. God is not mad at you. He's not mad at me when we blow it, by the way. This is who Jesus is. And look, if you don't get anything else today, I hope you'll understand this. The Christian life is dynamic. It's not static. Dynamic in the fact that there's ebbs and flows. They're ebbs and flows. And maybe you're going to find yourself ebbing and flowing between these three points that we're talking about. That Jesus meeting you where you are, maybe not far from where you came to faith in Jesus Christ in your walk. And you're saying, you know, I'm probably not where I want to be or where I should be in my faith. And Jesus says, that's okay, I'm going to meet you where you are and I want you to trust me. I don't want you to be afraid that I'm mad at you. Or that I'm going to use you. Or that I'm going to demand something of you that you can't do. I'm going to meet you where you are. Jesus meets you where you are in your walk with himself. And he says, come to me. Don't come to me out of fear. Don't come to me thinking that I have to be a better Christian. I have to live better, obey better, love better. That's not true faith. That's not the gospel. Jesus comes to reign and to rule in our life for our well-being. John ten ten, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And so, he turns to Peter and says, let's go out just a little bit. And Peter says, okay. I go out a little bit. And then after he gets through speaking, he turns to Peter and says, in verse 4, he says, um, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. We'll go, okay. Well, here's here's the issue. Fishermen, commercial fishermen in the Sea of Galilee, they fish at night. And they fish in the shallows because that's where the fish are. They don't go out into the deep and they don't go out in the middle of the day because that's not where you catch the fish. And so Jesus is directing, point two, directing us to go where we should go in the, to the kingdom of God with his grace. Now, again, we're told Jesus is a carpenter and he doesn't seem to know anything about fishing. And he doesn't know anything About how to catch these fish, and so he tells Simon Peter, "Let's go out." And Simon clears his says, "Uh, "Jesus, uh," verse five. "Uh, We fished. We fished hard all night, and and we've caught nothing. And uh, we're mending our nets right here, Uh, and we haven't slept." and I, he's got to be afraid and here I was reading some commentaries and they also said this because he's just a, a little bit off from other people are hearing this other fishermen, commercial fishermen other people who live their whole lives around the lake, the sea of Galilee they're hearing what Jesus is asking Peter to do and they're going no, you're not going to catch any fish Mm-mm, don't do that not very smart that's a good sermon preacher but mm, you're no fisherman and, and Peter is hearing Jesus and he's probably hearing the murmur from his friends and uh, he's, I'm sure he's afraid and there are going to be times in your life where you know what God is asking you to do as a Christian and most likely in your job and I'm going to speak to men right now ladies you can listen But this is to us men. Jesus has now stepped from the pulpit. he stepped into the business world. And he's making demands upon Peter, saying, Peter, you're a fisherman, and I'm asking you to do something, to trust me in your life, in your livelihood. And I want you to follow me you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if you're an accountant, if you're a dentist, if you're a, a baker, if you're a mechanic, if you're a, a builder, construction, it's tough, men, to say, look, I am going to be a Christian, and there are things that I know, an owner of a business, there's, I'm going I'm to follow Jesus, and it might It might cost me a coach. It might cost me. But I'm not going to be afraid. And so Peter says something. He says, Master, at your word, I'm going to do it. Because your word tells me to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there. And I'm going to overcome my fear. And if we catch nothing and I come back and we got to keep cleaning the nets, that's going to be okay. I'm sure that's going through his mind. But he says, in front of my friends, my neighbors, my fishermen buddies, the commercial fishermen, I'm going out. And then that changes Peter's life, I'm convinced. Because I believe that He has believed Jesus as Messiah, but he goes at that point, because what happens? They start catching fish. They catch fish and fish in the net, and their boat starts to sink, and they go into James and John. Get over here. We're sinking. And they get over there, and both boats start to sink. They pull in so many fish. And his life is changed. Because what does he do? He says this. He falls on his knees in front of Jesus and says, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he says, In the presence of a holy, trying God, he comes to this understanding. I don't deserve to be in his presence because I am aware of my sin. I know he said just five minutes ago, I was thinking, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to do it. And he's convinced, he says, I, I probably should have been with you when you were at these synagogues and I kind of walked back to my fisherman's job and I, I kind of left you possibly. And Jesus you just you you read it right here. Jesus is smiling at him, full of grace, and he's so generous. And he's saying, "I don't." He didn't put it down right here, but he he's saying, "You haven't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen nothing yet. What we're gonna do together?" And as you step out wherever you are, men, again, this is to you tomorrow, this week, next week. When you step out as a Christian man whatever you are whatever you're doing and you say I'm stepping out for Jesus Christ Jesus is going to be with you and he's going to fill you with his mercy and grace and he's going to be very generous with you which brings us to the point how do I do this? how do I move from this place in my life a little bit deeper into the Christian walk? Well, a couple of things, application points. Number one, by trusting God's Word with your mind and your heart. As you read God's Word, you trust it in your mind, intellectually, and with your heart, emotionally. Because if you got your mind and your heart together, the will's going to follow. You read God's Word You take him at his word, you trust him, and you said, even though it's kind of scary, some of the things I believe you might ask me to do, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to do it. Number two is by, you believe the Holy Spirit, which indwells within you, will allow you to do what you think you should do or what you should say. You trust the Holy Spirit within you. You yield to the Holy Spirit within you. Also, you believe this, Jesus is not going to leave you alone. He's not going to send you to work tomorrow and you say, well, I know I probably should speak to this person or this situation. Jesus is not saying to Simon Peter, you need to go do that. He's saying, you come with me and I'm going to teach you and show you how. Whatever situation you find yourself in, you know that Jesus is with you. He's not sending you alone. Also, by association with other Christians who have the same passion, that God would do great things in their lives. You rub elbows with them. Notice that he calls over the other boat. He calls over James and John, come over here. You associate, you spend time with other Christians, men, women, young people, which brings us to the, the third point where Jesus, when They look at Jesus and they're just amazed and astonished what's going on. And and I'm convinced that probably they they went to the shore and they sold everything. And that may be how they financed the next three years because of this catch right here. But Jesus is showing them. This is a word picture. You see all these fish that are coming up here? This is what you're going to do with men's souls. This is why you're going to help my kingdom to come into the heart and rule over the lives of people as you follow me. And he says, let's take our boats to shore. And as they go to the shore, he says that they landed, they left everything, and they followed him. This is more about discipleship. Again, a Christian life is dynamic. There are three portions right here they are the christians that are on the shore and then there's they get into the boat just a little just a little bit away from the shore then they go into the deep to catch and then they go back to the land and they leave it all and they follow jesus christ okay i believe that as i look at my life i, I, I ebb and flow between those kind of situations and i believe if we're all honest we do the same Jesus loves us and he rules in our hearts and our lives. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He's not mad at us. And he says to these guys, I want you to catch fish. The Greek talks about catching living men. He says, I'm going to help you catch people and spiritually turn their lives around. That is discipleship. That is what this church is about. We want men and women, boys and girls, to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We want to see them doing great and mighty things, trusting God, even in spite of their fears. And then we want to see them being discipled, growing to know Jesus and loving Jesus and personally, moment by moment, for the rest of their lives. I don't know where you are, where you are in those three. If you want to be discipled by somebody, you're not being discipled here. You need to come up talk to an elder. Come up to me. Talk to Josh. Josh is part of discipleship. If you want to be a part of ministry and say, I'm not, I'm just, VBS is coming up. Step out in faith. You're going to need no fear when you're dealing with four and five-year-olds. I'll tell you that right now. But we want you to be a part of it. Every Christian here is called to discipleship and ministry. Our church is one that helps and encourages each other to launch into the deep for the glory and hope of others in faith. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ. You're saying, you know, I'm really on the shore. Really, from your... I haven't come to know him as Lord and Savior. I'm not following him. Then you need to today. Come up, talk to me, You talk to Josh... We'll go over here, we'll pray, we'll say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I don't want to live my life as it has been. I want to follow after you. If you desire to disciple others and say, you know, I know I can, I just haven't done it, come up and talk to Josh or the elders. Don't talk to me. I'm not good at that. If you want to go into the deep, you do it. And you help us go along with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have loved us. You're gentle with us. Lord, when we find ourselves drifting back, in a sense, to the spiritual shallowness of our walk with you, you love us and you say, let's go back to the deep. Let's get deeper into our faith. Come with me. Call others to follow you. Lord, we thank you that this is the desire of this church. We pray that you would help us. Lord, if there's somebody here today that needs to step away from the land that they've been living in, into the fellowship, into a loving relationship, into the rule of the kingdom of God, may they do so. Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.